I mean, I basically turned down the contract, phone phone the coach up, and just said, uh, "That's kind of, well." I phoned the coach up, uh, and I was like, anticipating him uh, him answering, and he basically uh, he never answered. And I'm like, "What a result!" So I uh, left him a voicemail, and I just said, "Look, many thanks for the for the contract offer, but kind of I'm out, I'm done." And uh, and that was it, mate. And that that had been all. Welcome everyone, back to the Vet Files. This is episode eight with Gaz Timmins. I'm Russ McDonough, and um, you should know that though. So, like I said, former bootneck Gaz Timmins was on the show with me this week. Uh, mega, mega, mega enjoyed chatting with Gaz. Um, obviously, he's a, you know he's a former bootneck, so we've always got that in common. But what I really loved chatting to Gaz about was was his degree in, in psychology. I'm fascinated by that stuff. I love how his book has come about and the fact he's he's just about to become a published author. And I loved hearing about uh, another business he's running at the moment called Fortitude Elite, which he runs with his business partner, Ollie Osborne. Again, he's a former bootneck. About how they're helping men and women get ready to join the military, both in a physical capacity and also in a, in a, in a mental one as well. Um, but there was a lot of folks on the podcast talking about his book and how it came about and what it inv- what it involves. Um, and I think it's just it's just a crazy good story, and I, I I love chatting to him. But anyway, enjoy the podcast. Welcome everybody. This week's podcast is here, and I'm joined by the Honourable Gaz Timmins. Uh, I'll let Gaz introduce himself, and then we'll get we'll get started. Gaz, thanks very much, mate. Uh... Again, thanks for coming up, mate, and doing this in uh, in Strong 101, uh, Gas Firms, Jimmy Pontefract, uh, CrossFit Pontefract. Uh, yeah, just uh, I'm, I'm Gaz. Uh, got a book coming out next next year. Uh, become the 0.1% for free lessons in raw marine psychology, which is just based on a diary that I uh, that I wrote in training when I was when I was uh, 20 years old, uh, and just. Yeah, I've got Fortitude Elite as well, which uh, which is kind of deviated from from the book going online, and that's basically just uh, like a pre-military performance program that uh, we're just helping young men and women uh, get them fully prepared mentally and physically for for life in the military and to give them the best chance of, of, of kind of going in going in the Marines or any other kind of elite force or, or military. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, before we get to the book and and Fortitude Elite and and all that good stuff, um, tell us the story of like how you want. Why did you want to join the Marines, or or you know how old were you when you joined the Marines? Why you wanted to join the Marines, etc. So, where's the backstory to that? Yeah. So, mate, I uh, when I was born, my uh, my old man was a strength and conditioning coach uh, at Castleford Tigers, and I very much kind of. Uh, were kind of bought, well, obviously born into rugby league really started playing uh, as a young boy and then uh, turned professional like 15, 16 technically uh, playing professional rugby uh, ended up at Leeds for a bit and then for want, for want of a better reason it just it just wasn't working out uh, got offered a contract but the money were really poor and I, I just didn't feel that I were getting kind of the right treatment. Uh, I asked for a, a year's contract to level 20 uh, because at that stage I, I still had enough time to slot into another team if, if, if somebody else came in uh, and really really push on and submit myself in first team. At 23 you're kind of you're kind of out of your out of not out not out by any means but it gives other people the opportunity to get into these teams so you've got a really like short window really mm. of opportunity to get into a into like a first and team setup, yeah, into a first team setup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I basically turned down the contract, phone phone the coach up, and just said, uh, "That's kind of, well." I phoned the coach up, uh, and I was like anticipating him uh, him answering, and he basically uh, he never answered, and I'm like, "What a result!" So I uh, left him a voicemail, and I just said, "Look." I said, Many thanks for the 
for the contract offer, but kind of I'm out, I'm done. And uh, and that was it, mate. And that that had been all my life, really. Uh, he never phoned me back. Uh, I never heard another another word from it. It just done and dusted on on a voicemail. And, uh, it was really strange, mate, because I'd, rugby had always been a massive, massive part of my life. Obviously, growing and being born into it, and. Uh, to, end, to have it ended, to end abruptly like that were, were quite really significant on my, uh, on my life. I mean, the backstory, just just deviating backwards, was my old man, like, he was so hell-bent on me turning pro and that being my career, but, like, he was grooming me. I, like, had quotes above the toilet and, and, like, and like quotes above my door yeah. and, like, I had to get up in the morning and live this certain professional life, everything was just really structured and really professional, I couldn't, it was very, very much uh, being groomed like you see these American like pageants and stuff yeah. like that, it was very much similar to that but not in a too authoritarian kind of way but it, it definitely was, I was getting groomed to be a professional rugby league player. Uh, yeah, so moving forward I kind of slipped into uh, Bit of despair, really. I was gonna say, were you, were you quite? Did you feel like quite lost after you? Massively, mate. Then? Massively, because I'd always, I'd even, I'd even wrote this even at school in in in, in planners and school planners and on school books. Uh, I drawn drawn my name on back of a shirt and just and me playing rugby and Gareth Timmins, Great Britain and Sir Gareth Timmins. I've done all this and all this visualization, and all of a sudden it just came crashing down, and I and I and I had no plan B, because. My dad had always said to me, "If you have Plan B, it means that you, yeah, that you that you're not fully committed, or, or you 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 lack the confidence in, in your endeavour." So, I had no Plan B, mate, and uh, and that resulted in me really, really going into like social problems, like going out fighting constantly. Uh, and looking back now, mate, I, I think a lot of it was because I didn't have the kind of uh, that physical contact. That had been taken away, like that, 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 then that outlet of aggression mm -hmm. in the rugby, the contact of, of somebody else, and the wrestle, and the and the fight, and the winning the the kind of the arm wrestle with it, with it, with the opposing team, that had gone instantly like that, and that's all I knew, and that were kind of fulfilled then by me going out and and, and fighting Sorry. every weekend. It, it, it got that back that I was literally me and my best mate would would like have a few drinks and we'd get on a bus or get a taxi somewhere. That we'd never been, just so we could see you were like the hardest person, or, or see you represented mm. the hardest version of a male, and then just start fighting because we wanted to see how, how tough we were. And it got that bad that we just I just couldn't go out anywhere because every, there were people in every single town and city that wanted wanted a piece. So it got bad, <laughs> yeah. And then I just had like this kind of real, one night I would just sat down and I had this kind of realization that this just can't continue, because if it does, I'm going to end up in jail. I'm getting arrested a lot, uh, and my life were really, really spiralling out of control. Really. How old were you? Uh, like 18, 19. Yeah, for like, I did like a year of carnage, really. And then I just, uh, one night I was just, I was sat at a friend's house with my best mate again, and we are just watching Sky News, and it shows you the Marines in, in, in Iraq looking for Saddam's sons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I need to do that. That's what I want to do. And like the next day, sobered up a bit, got on a train <laughs> to Leeds, went straight to careers office and said, I want to join the Marines. Uh, and the rest is history, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, fa I failed. I failed the maths the first time because, which had always been kind of a fibre of, of my personality. I'd never revised theoretically for anything. Uh, I was always very physical. I, would, I trained physically, but I would not revise uh, academically. So I failed on the maths, uh, and in between that period, I got a job as a lifeguard at a place called Light, Light, Light Waves Leisure Centre, which was just an unbelievable community in itself, just just crazy. And I uh, used that income to uh, to to kind of support myself, and I got like a I got some like maths tuition. Off, off one of the managers there that, 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 that coached me really how to become better at maths and these questions in the psychometric wow. test. 
and I went back and smashed it, and then I went in twelve months later. Uh, yeah. Do, do, yeah, I so. think most people which join the military though, and I, I, I use this really generically, we weren't the best at school. No. We no. all enjoyed doing fizz, like, oh, when's uh, sports, day. sports day? And we excelled at that, but when it comes to everything else, it was like, what, what set you in for maths? It was like, oh, set three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many sets are there? Yeah. Three. Yeah. 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 I, I would always, uh, I mean, Obviously, I've wrote a book now that's going to get published next year, which is uh, unbelievable. But if you would have seen me like back in school, I was like, I was on Wellington Square, which is like this. It was like this, uh, this 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 initiative in school that like helped people that literally couldn't read. And I were like, and I were on this kind of Wellington Square mm -hmm. syllabus where you'd have your own uh, teaching assistant that would teach you how to pronounce like at the mm -hmm. you and all stuff so it was real and I, and I couldn't read and, and I think I had like undiagnosed ADHD uh, when I was a kid uh, and yeah I couldn't properly read until I was about 11, 10, 11 and, and obviously it has a no massive knocking effect and the rugby didn't help mate because because I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to turn pro, I don't need school. I, and, and, and that's what I was like, I was very much, but it did affect like myself, my self-confidence because I thought uh, I'm not intelligent mm -hmm. and I don't think it was the case, I just think that I, I was just uh, distracted, mm -hmm. I was distracted and I was just like a bit, I wasn't ready to learn yeah. at that age, my learnings come after, but I just wasn't ready to learn mate. What was, um, what was your your dad's feelings when, when you said, look dad, I'm, I'm kind of done now, I'm, I'm the, moving on. With the rugby, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it didn't go down well, mate. It didn't go down well, because I never consulted him on it either. I did it and then I told him after. Mm. And he went up in the air. My dad was definitely, uh, I think, living his dreams and his, and his fantasies through me. He wanted me to be professional more than I did. Uh, and I got hung up on it, mate, for, for years I had dreams about I don't know, playing at Leeds with my name on my shirt and I'd wake up and it like it, it wasn't real. And it really, so it really had a massive impact on me, but uh, yeah, he didn't handle he didn't handle it very well and it really damaged our our relationship for a for a good year, year and a half, especially in the turmoil when I was mm. just going out and chaos. Being in yeah, yeah, being a general nightmare. Uh, and he would just like you need to get back. You need to get back there as soon as you need to phone up in the morning. You need to like tell him that you've that you've had a little an hour like now. I'm done. I'm done. And I don't know what he then must have thought of me going out and doing what I did after. Were you still living at home? Yeah, I was flitting between my dad and my mum's because my mum split up. And uh, when I fall out with my dad, I'd go to my mum's, but my mum were like quite strict and square, and I got away with a lot more of my yes. dad. So it was just lad. It was just yeah. boys being boys, but. Yeah, my dad definitely he didn't handle it very well. But you know what, Ross? I, I, I just had this feeling where I just like this. I had this internal driver where I just thought, I need to do something for myself. Mm. I was so dedicated to the rugby to the point like where I'd get up on much rugby. It were like it were all engrossed. I were like kind of like obsessed with it. Uh, but it was never really for me. I needed something for me. Uh, and I wanted to just break away from this kind of authoritarian hold that my dad had on me, in a sense. I wanted to rebel. And part of the going out and drinking and fighting and taking the drugs and stuff like that before I joined was the rebellious side. Yeah. I was just rebelling like, fuck you, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't go down well. But when I said I was going for the Marines, I got him back on side. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, he came back on side, mate. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So before we talk about how the book was born as such, how was marine training? How was recruit training? Oh mate, I tell you what, I had I still to this day, right, and this is no no word of a lie, I still have dreams where I'm running the endurance. <laughs> and you know like when you've got them heavy legs? Yeah. When they just don't move. Yeah. And they're like, well, come on, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. And the legs just are like made out of lead. And I still have them dreams to this day. Uh, 
about a culture shock yeah. and just a, an assault on your senses. I mean, we start we started with about eleven lads that started. So you, you were twenty when you when you joined up. I was twenty when I went yeah. in, mate. Yeah, I just just before my twenty-first birthday, I was twenty, and I went in and. We started day one and there wasn't enough lads to go through so we had to wait another two weeks in foundation for another another troop to come and we mm-hmm. merged together. Uh, it, it just, I don't know how, how I got through it. Looking back at it now, I just can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that I achieved that. Uh, but it was just, I mean, I speak on the on, on the Fortitude Elite course to the, to the, the girls and the, and the boys on there that I think there were, a t- there were a time in training, like between, I'd like to say between week eight and ten, where we had like 10, 11 hours sleep in two weeks. Yeah. And, and there were literally, I mean, we, we, came out the, we came out the field and we went straight into the gym and like there were lads falling asleep, stood up. You'll, you'll, you'll know yourself. And you can see somebody going and you're propping them up and then you're going and like, it's just, just absolute carnage. Mm. Uh, and, and I, I mean, you, you go in, mate, and it's like, uh, next minute you, you're looking at somebody that's teaching you how to shower, how to iron properly. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, they're pulling, like pulling the foreskin back and saying, this is how you need to wash your wash your bits and, and you need to get right under and wash your ass crack. And you're just like, this is mental. Mm. And I can just remember vividly, like, bit, like going into the gymnasium for the very first time at Limston. And all the PTs are going, get in here, get in here, do this, do this. And you're just like, everybody's just looking around like a, a nerd of sheep. It's shot to the senses. Yeah, and you're just like, fuck, get over here, do this, to that wall, back and go. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And, you, and, and I think at that moment, I just thought, this is going to be brutal. This is going to be absolutely brutal, this. Was there any moment when you thought, I'm not going to be able to finish with crew training? I'm not going to pass out as a full, full boom neck? Not, well... So I, I went in, I, I had ruptured my cruise ship ligament in training, sorry, playing rugby mm. and needed operation, it kept dislocating and I went into the call with it, I just said that, I, didn't, I just yeah. never said anything. So I always thought that at some point it would go and I would have to get it reconstructed and crack on after. Mm. Uh, but it, look, thankfully, it, it kind of never did, mate. And, uh, but in terms of mentally, I had some wobbles, mate, yeah. I had, there were some times like when I just thought, I don't want to do this anymore. But how I'd conducted myself prior to going in the Marines, there were so many people that didn't think I could do it. And there were so many people that were like, what is going in Marines? Like, we'll see him in a week. And I just didn't want to validate that negative opinion. I couldn't validate it, mate, because I would have rather have died in training than, than, than gone home and said that I, that I hadn't done it. And, and come up with some bullshit excuse as to why I couldn't do it. Mm. For me, I had to go through the hardship whether I wanted to or not, uh, because the fear of failure and going on uh, and validating that opinion, but also failing again, uh, because I'd failed, I'd, I'd, I'd seen rugby as a failure, mm. uh, and that I suppose not being good enough in, 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 in mm. looking at it kind of uh, superficially uh, failing in the Marines although and this was a massive risk element for me it was such a risk because I didn't think I could do it but I thought I've got to go for this so that, like the, the chips were down all the chips were down and I just thought if kind of if I fail this I'm, I'm, I'm done kind of thing and I, I just the fear of failure definitely provided like a really solid anchor for me to 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 complete it but there, I mean there were times going back to your question where you'd like you go into tactical phase and you go into like into week 20 I don't know 25 let's call it and you just think you know what this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be I thought the Marines did the SB role mm. or more of an SF role mm-hmm. uh, and when I found out that they didn't back then it kind of wobbled me a bit and I thought I don't really want to do what I perceived or what I thought in my own mind as being like a, a frontline army role. Right. I wanted to do like a more of an SF role. Yeah. Uh, and when I realised that that wasn't really going to be the case, that the corps didn't do that at the time, I kind of thought, fuck 
fucking hell. And, and it wobbled me a bit, yeah. Yeah, it wobbled me. But. Thought about rapping? No, never. Just wobbled you in a more way then? It just wobbled me like I just feel like. Fuck. Like. It, 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 I'm not saying it, it, had any, it had any detrimental uh, effect on my. On my my intentions hmm. or anything like that. I, I still felt like I had massive intention to, to crack on and do it, but uh, yeah, I just felt a bit of disappointment. Okay. Yeah, a bit of disappointment, mate. Yeah, let down, let down. But I've, you know what, mate? I've always had a bit of a tendency to do that, and I do uh, kind of acknowledge that about myself. It's like I get to like good places where people would, would want to be, hmm. like at the rugby. Uh, and it's, it never lives up to my expectation. I don't know what that is. But it's, I, I, like, I, I get somewhere and I'm like, oh, is that it? Mm. It's a bit like that. It's like I almost, I like the journey. I like the hardship to get there. And once I'm there, I'm like, is that it? And it, it's, it's something that I've always kind of battled with, really. And the Marines, that happened with the Marines as well. So, with that being said, then, you passed out. Yeah. And then you, you, you become a serving, serving bootneck. Yeah. What was that like then? Already having that mindset of like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be, to then being a, like, you know, obviously joining a unit and, and, and living life as a bootneck. How, how did that go? Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously passed out, got the green lid, straight up to, uh, to Faz Lane, I put in for 40, but got Faz Lane. But I was happy with that, mate, because, uh, that's where FSRT was, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get an FSRT. That was like one of my things that I wanted to do in the car. And uh, I, I did, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. And one thing I will say is, I was like uber, uber keen. Mm. I wanted to be an amazing soldier and learn and, and know everything there was to know about soldiering. Or, but I just felt at the time in the car. There was no investment in like training after you'd passed. Mm-hmm. You were just very much left to like squander and kind of like, if anything were like put on, it were like last minute put on or yeah. it were just a token effort. And I was like, just like, fucking hell, like we're all Marines. Yeah. Like we've done all this training, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't just be sat around like watching daytime TV. And it, and, it, and it really, really, and that, that were like fed into my, uh, I suppose, my inherent uh, belief system when, when, when things are just not how we envision them to be. And uh, I mean, we, did, we met some amazing people and we went, I went more or less straight out to America, did a, did a well, US Marines came over to us mm-hmm. first and we, we broke them up, up mountains. And, <laughs> yeah, there were some really good lads there, mate. And we, we absolutely taught them a lesson physically mm-hmm. uh, and I think mentally as well and we went out there and that three week or four week training that we did out there were the best thing that they did in the car that mm-hmm. yeah I loved it in Quantico Virginia fighting in Mott Villages awesome. for two weeks and just like taking it off, off over US Marines and living in the buildings and the, it was absolutely superb uh, yeah and then went out to Iraq when the last got uh, captured by Iranians on FSRT can you remember that? I can remember that because I yeah. was at Fazers then as an LC. Were you really? Yeah, mate. I've probably seen you there. Though. Probably. Yeah. I thought you looked there. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can remember that, and I'm trying to remember the guys on it. But yeah, because obviously we were like, "Holy shit, that's yeah. the lads!" Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. So what? 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 What, did, what happened once that sort of happened? The lads got got taken hostage and whatnot. Yeah, so I were basically, so we went up to like uh, number one, I suppose, FSR team team to deploy. We were next to deploy wow. for anything. Yeah. Uh, we were either going to go and take over them when they finished their deployment or, I don't know, humanitarian aid, tsunami, or something mm-hmm. like that. So we were like number one to deploy. We went home on leave and then uh, Doddy, I don't know if you remember him, he was FSRT sergeant. He, he phoned up, mate, while we were at a friend's engagement do. Uh, which never happened. Yeah. Uh, and he went, mate, you need to get up to work now. I was thinking, like, flapping. Just thinking, like, <laughs> what the fuck has happened? Like, have I, what, have I, what's that, what have I done? Yeah. What, like, what have I done? And uh, instantly sobered up, went home, 
I just remember like grabbing all stuff off my bed frantically and putting it in a bag and my dad took me up the uh, up the M62. Uh, mm-hmm. And on the way, the lads were phoning me that were on my team. We all kind of lived dotted up the M62. It mm-hmm. was it, 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 it were quite good, really. And I bumped into a lad in Huddersfield and then one in Halifax and uh, picked another lad up in Bol- uh, yeah, Preston Bolton Way. Uh, and by that stage, obviously, we all knew. And, and funnily enough, going from where I lived up to Huddersfield to pick Trace up the first lad, Chris Moyles said it on, on, on the radio that lads had been captured by Iranians. And we knew straight where we were going. Yeah. So it was like just such an exciting time there. Because we thought we were going to get proper trigger time. We thought it was going to be like an amazing op. And even when, <laughs> and when we got to Scotland, it was like straight into a, into a uh, kind of like an orders briefing, really, an intelligence brief on what had happened and, and where we were and stuff. And yeah, it was a good time. Went to Glasgow Airport in all this kit, with all this kit mm-hmm. and flew commercially. To, uh, to Bahrain. Wow. Yeah, it was mega. I had all these briefs off uh, agents, really, intelligence agents, just saying what we were in for, what potentially could happen, and basically don't get captured. And then ultimately, what did happen? And then, so, there were talk of us going in and setting up some kind of a cordon or perimeter, or just going in and, and, and sussing it out, ready for SB to go in, mm. uh, if, if needed. But I, I think it was a long shot, and then, uh, there were various talk of, of, of some other options and stuff, but eventually, after 10 days, they just released them. Yeah, that's right. Something happened and they just released them. They just used it as propaganda. Mm. It was well, the uh, ir- ir- Iranian Revolutionary Guard, mm. just up to their old tricks. Well, um, that, that border moves because it's in the... Yeah, that, that border, that border where and I've put this in the book as well, that border, uh, the... the They've been operating around a, th- a, a place called the Sunken Crane. It's just mm-hmm. basically a, a waterborne crane that's sunk. It's in Iraqi waters, mm-hmm. but Iraq, Iran have claimed it. And they've put like all this like Uber high-tech surveillance kit on it and listening devices. Wow. Yeah, and as soon as the lads like kind of went in and the helo uh, top cover went back to, uh, to Cornwall, mm-hmm. HMS Cornwall, they came in and got on. Fuckers. Yeah. But again, we wasn't properly prepared. We had no like mounted weapons on the boats. Mm. Boats were slow. The, 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 the Iranians rocked up, mate, with Dushkas on the front, mm. GPMGs, fully kitted up, uh, ELO support. You, had to, you could do nothing but surrender, mm. other than fight back with a couple of SAAs. Yeah, and and we get, all know the outcome of that. Get vittled up. Yeah. So uh, it was just a classic example of the MOD back then, the Royal Navy cost cutting. Mm. Uh, and, 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 uh, were, because the Navy wanted to show or had bragging rights on the fact that, the, that they had a frontline capability mm. they wanted some of their Navy personnel boarding with us and it, it were it a farce mate yeah. it were a complete farce to the point that where some, when we went out they were on, on board with us and because we'd be like in the water for a bit waiting to board a vessel They'd be spewing up over the side, and it was just embarrassing. It was really, really embarrassing. They didn't know how to board tactically and get on and, and do all the like the stairwell CQB and stuff. It was embarrassing. Mate. Well, they've, they've they've also done that in terms of actually the coxswains on on the, the driving of the boats, basically. Well, 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 well maybe. Yeah, they they yeah. wanted to have their own coxswains, and you're like, that's right. No offense, that's right. your guys can't do what, what we can do. So um, yeah. Uh, so you, moving on, that would FSRT. Was definitely the highlight of your, your time in the club. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. We did some good stuff. Uh, we're on a, a fantastic team when we first got picked. It was like the dream team of, of people that like just really good lads. We had a great time, and uh, yeah, we, it was just the highlight of my career, really. Then, so then, how long did you serve in the court? And then, what was your? Well, why did you leave? Basically, yeah. So I did. I did five and a half years. Uh, again, not a great deal of time. Uh, and I just, I, I just kind of got disenfranchised, disenfranchised with mm-hmm. it. Uh, it had always been kind of like an underlying thing, which I spoke about, where I just thought, we're capable of much more than this. Mm-hmm. We could be doing a better role, given the kit and the, and, and the, and the training. We, we, we're under, we're under, we're underutilized. And, and it was just like, got so many amazing soldiers that are just like, we're not getting 
we're not getting used, we're not getting, there's no funding coming into us, and, and like the kit's garbage, the weapons are shit. And I just were like, I'm done, I'm done. And you know what, mate? I phoned my old sergeant major up, uh, Dave Officer. Mm. Do you know from Fazers? Do you know him? The name rings about Yeah, right? I think really, really good bloke. And I phoned him up and I said, look, I said, can I get a draft to, I want, uh, to, to either 42 or, or 40 to go to Afghan? Mm. And uh, I would have loved that at the time. And he, he just, he, he said, right, I can get you a draft straight away to 4-5. But I just, I just, I, I wanted to get out. And mm. uh, he said, oh, you can wait and go to 4-2. And uh, I said, I'll wait and go to 4-2. And it, it just never came. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, and, and, uh, and that were it really, mate. I, I left and I, I met another girl as well. And, and that kind of, mm-hmm. there's no denying that that helped, helped that, that, that course of action along. But I never wanted to do a long time. Okay. I wanted to get in, kind of tick a few boxes, mm-hmm. s- no, see if I could do it, which were the biggest thing, mm-hmm. see, see if I had the minerals to do it, uh, and then leave and be young enough to earn the money and go and, 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 and establish a really good career. I didn't want to leave at like 40, I would have been 42, mm-hmm. on a full pension. I, d- I didn't want that life. Mm-hmm. There were nothing like, there were nothing in terms of promotion, above sergeant that, that interested me. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't like the old old drinking culture of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just, is fucking huge. Which was, yeah, I don't know if it is now, but it, it, it definitely was huge at the time. And I, I didn't want that lifestyle, mate. I wanted to get out and I wanted to be a civvy, mm-hmm. really. And, and just honest, dude, yeah. very honest. Yeah. So you left the core. So you would have left in, what, 2010? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you do then? Oh, in fact, before well, sorry, I left it to uh, 2011. Okay. Um, tell us about how your book came about. Because this, this is a fucking outrageous story, and I love yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. Let's, you obviously have to rewind. Yeah, so rewinding, mate. So, uh, obviously, I'm going in, the, going in the car now. I've got to wait for your Westgate station. And uh, I had my mum there and my mum's brother, uh, who, who's, who's gay. And it, it, there's no problem with his sexuality at all, but they're both crying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and they're both like crying and hugging me and stuff like that. And uh, she just, just as the train pulled up, she ran away and came back and she chucked me a diary. Mm. Uh, and I literally grabbed it and got bundled on the train. And she says, look, just write something down. If it, if it gets tough, uh, it'll help you. It'll help you along. And I'm like, oh, God, g- give me it here, give me it here. And I, and I took it and I was just like, of all the things, like you give me a diary, like mm-hmm. I've, I've never, I don't think I'd, I'd read one book up until that point and that read uh, an old book on Royal Marines training that I read page to page, mm-hmm. start to finish and I loved it. Uh, but I'd never, it just wasn't me. Uh, but a couple, of, a couple of hours in, not way down to Limston, I, I opened it and, and just wrote down how I was feeling. And, and that, from that moment on, I just felt compelled to keep it. And I just wrote it every single day. I mean, there were some days where, sometimes where I'd like be in the field and it was throwing it down, I'd have to waterproof it and, uh, or I'd have to like write on my arms or on my hands mm-hmm. and keep going over it and just keeping these like little notes and then just transfer it into the diary. But it were really tough, mate, as you know yourself. I mean, the last thing you want to do is be writing when you've had no sleep and some lads would come and sometimes like sit on my bed and say, what are you writing about, what are you writing about? And did the lads know what you were doing? Yeah, they did, mate, they did. And, and some of them were like, oh, could you be able to write a book when you get older? But it was never my intention to do that. Mm. And even then, like, the training team were, were like, very harsh. Did, did they know about it? They did, yeah. Did they? And some of them, some of them did, mate, and they were like, they said, like, this is fucking hoofing. And they allowed me to take it into the field water field waterproofed. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, so I, I kind of like had their backing and, and and yeah, I just I just did it, mate. I completed it and it's really weird. It, it almost feels like if somebody else were doing it, it were like it had to be done. Mm-hmm. Kind of it's really it's really strange and again obviously we spoke prior to this podcast but it were just like sat collecting dust on my bookshelf for years and there were like a couple of that commando school came out and, and I was really disappointed with it mm-hmm. uh, 
and I just thought we've been sold out here in terms of how they depict a training mm-hmm. uh, it being like really really like cotton wool and, and like easy and the training team having like these relationships with the, with, the, with the recruits and stuff and I thought it's not how it is mm-hmm. and I thought I've got to get this account out there because it, it tells it in the rawest form ever just what it's like mm-hmm. uh, day by day and, and, and it's got the publisher who's picked it up which is amazing uh, like a top three UK publisher wow. was like yeah has, has picked it up which is just unbelievable and they were saying that what they love about it is is that I'm vulnerable in it uh, and, I, and, I, and, I sh- and I'm showing that I don't think I'm good enough to do it or like I fail endurance run throughs every time until I pass it on the day mm. uh, and that's what makes it unique or different to I suppose seeing an elite soldier that's going into Afghan, but you don't know how he's got there. You don't know the journey. All you see at the end is like this, this depiction right. of somebody yeah. that's like so mentally strong, but Alva got there. Mm. And mine definitely tells a story from day one of how that's been built and created. And then what I've done after is, is just, uh, again, the publishing agent, they said, listen, you need to add 33 lessons in this. That's how you, you make a difference with this. And it absolutely made sense, mate, because I just finished my me, me uni studies uh, in psychology. And however I couldn't see it, I'll never know. But I'd been so, like, in tunnel vision, getting it finished and having it in this raw, authentic diary that adding the psychology but was such a natural thing to do to it, mm-hmm. to make it what it is now. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just that second pair of eyes that were like, do this. And like, as soon as I wrote the first two, wrote one on like the construct of masculinity, uh, looking at like a, a guy called Recruit Nero that six foot four, had no front teeth and just like represented this absolute construct of, of, of how we see masculinity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he went home after two weeks crying for his mum. And it was like how all these things just were like, and I've just broke it down. And basically, I suppose the message of the book now is, is if you were, if you adhere to these lessons and take them on board and apply them, you'll, you'll end up with an important mindset. Awesome. So it's, it's, you've got like the raw, ultimately raw examples of, of one of the hardest challenges in life to do, uh, kind of complemented with a, with the, with the psychology stuff, so it's, it's it, I love it, mate, because it's so unique, and I can't believe it's mine. Yeah. I, it, I just can't, I just can't believe that, that it's all come together as as it has done. Because it's been a massive risk. I mean, when you're writing a book, uh, I mean, I wrote it, and then once it was done, I suppose the first draft of it, I was like, what do I do now? And I did not know what to do. I didn't know who to Google contact. Who do, you, who do you contact? Yeah. Who do you talk to? Uh, somebody said get the, the, the writers and uh, the artists and writers handbook, that might be wrong but uh, it's like a yellow pages hmm. for writers and authors and whatever uh, and you have to scroll down every name to like try and find a publishing agent and I sent 50 proposals off tailored proposals off to publishing agents and I got not, not one reply back and that was like two years ago uh, it's, it's just very 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 difficult hmm. Uh, but it's like I spoke to Ben Williams it's, it's just an incredible journey and he's been fantastic as well mate mm. as Ben he, he's been he's, he's been great and he, he put me he kind of put me in touch with the publishing agent uh, and he says I can't make any promises but I sent him my stuff and he went I think it's brilliant and I think you've got something here uh, but do this and then we'll, we'll yeah. take you on so yeah that's fucking amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really is and then what what you said you, you've, you've studied psychology. What, what prompted that? Why not? Yeah, so, well, uh, I think I've always been fascinated, mate, well, I have, with, with like, human behaviour. Why, why, why we do stuff? Why, why we're compelled to do this and that? Why, do, why we go to war? Why we, like, uh, engage in conflict and, and fight? And, and, and why this always crops up? Why do people do what we, Just basically behaviour. Why do people yeah. do what they do? But uh, about 25, I started getting, like, an itch to study academically. Uh, and I, my kind of rationale was that I tested my my body, so to speak. Although training is all mental, yeah. Uh, I t- I'd, I'd done the hardest physical test, and now I wanted to do the hardest 
academic test yeah. and just see if I had, had what it take, took. But I, so I started doing security and risk management, uh, started twice uh, and wrapped it in. After a couple of months, I just found it completely boring. Uh, went off it again for another year and then when I got to 30, that's right, 30, I, uh, I thought I'm going to give psychology a bash. And uh, I started it and I, my, thir- my, my first year was on social science mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it, mate. And it, become, it, it became like a, a passion, I loved it. I don't get me wrong, I had really had, my, my last year I've yeah, just done yeah. what was horrendous, but uh, it was such a, an unbelievable journey that, uh, and kind of validated a lot of things that I had questions about mm-hmm. from a non-educational uh, perspective. And I just, I just really, really, just absolutely loved it. I thrived off it. I wanted to, I wanted to get better with my writing. I, I really put time into my writing and, 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 and uh, been really eloquent with how I put stuff together. And, and then it's absolutely helped. It, one thing has led, led goes to hand the, in hand. Hand in hand. Yeah. Absolutely hand in hand. Like I could never have written the book to the standard that it's at without doing mm. that. And that six years has helped me do that. And, and it, 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 it's unbelievable, really. It's unbelievable. And, and when I met my publishing agent and he said, you need to put the psychology in, I could only really put that in having finished the degree. Yeah. So it's like, it's all come together at the same time. So it's, yeah. It's, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in connecting the dots when you look backwards. 100%. Uh, at, at times 100%. you don't know why you're doing these things. Well, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. think you know in that. Mm. And then it's only when you get to a certain stage and you look back and you're like, that, that, that. Yeah, now yeah. I can see that. Yeah, because yeah. my, my thought process on psychology was so I did forensic psychology. That's what my de- that's what my degrees in, uh, and all my studies have been in forensic psychology, and it is absolutely a fascinating subject. However, it, it, it does kind of uh, you get channeled into like working in prisons, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of work. And I don't re- I, it does nothing for me. Uh, I'm, I I love performance mm-hmm. and making people better. Uh, or getting more out of them than what they can do from a psychological perspective. Uh, love working with people, uh, but positive people as well. Uh, people that want to get better. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, absolutely. That's that's just kind of uh, yeah, white your psychology. So um. Tell us about the other little project you've got on the go now, which is, it, it, it looks amazing on Facebook whenever, you know, whenever yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, so I... Uh, and the reason behind why you wanted to do that as well. Sure, so uh, basically when I turned the lights on social media on, 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 on my intention of, of the book and, and it coming out, it was supposed to come out last year, uh, it was almost like I ended up being like a bit of a beacon for people who wanted to join the car uh, and people were getting in touch with me weekly, monthly. Uh, so, sorry, daily really, mm. and just saying like, have you got any tips for this, any tips for that, I'm worrying about medical, uh, and all this stuff, and and I think in, 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 in like two or three months, I've had like 200 people get in touch, yeah. So I thought, there's gotta be a way of monetizing this. Mm-hmm. Well, paying for my time, mm-hmm. uh, and not making a, an absolute killing, but helping people, helping these people. And uh, so I, I, I got in touch with, uh, well, I was looking for a partner, really. But I, I wanted the really scientific, I wanted the knowledge behind it. Not just like, oh, we can beast you I and get thrash, ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, any, I could have done that. I wanted like the, the professional element to it. Everything's covered. It's, we've, we've all got the right credentials and stuff. And there were no greater person really than, than, than my partner now, Ollie Osborne, who I went through training with. He's a, he's a fantastic guy. He, 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 he ended up being a PTI uh, left and, sorry, went from Royal Marines to Navy to be a PTI, mm. uh, ended up being that GP on GP rowing team and an instructor and a coach. And then he left and uh, went from that and was a, a conditioning coach for Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. So he had all the background, he had, he had everything and it, he's, just, he's just absolutely brilliant. And obviously, because we've been through training together, we've got that trust and mm-hmm. I just picked up phone to him after a couple of years and just said, look, what do you think of this? So we talked for six months how we could do it and how we could make it work and then we just, what shall we call it, fortitude elite. Uh, fortitude obviously pain and suffering, mm-hmm. uh, courage and pain and suffering uh, and then elite and then put the little 
knob to the core with a dagger in. Uh, and we're on course five now. So what does the, what, what actually goes on in the course then? Yeah, so on the course, so Ollie does all the all the like the bespoke programming mm-hmm. uh, for for strength and conditioning, uh, and we ba- he basically gets people ready to either start training the ROP now. It, it was the PRMC mm-hmm. uh, and the VP VPFJs, the virtual pre-joining fitness assessments. Uh, so he does all that, and then I do the the psychology. So I, I basically once a week, first week. I do a, a, an hour on compartmentalization, breaking large undertakings down, uh, and I just work on some strategies. How two forms of visualization, really? How you could you, sh- you should always look at the end goal and, and, and look at the value in, in, in what that's going to do for your life and the positives, but don't visualize the process because if you visualize the process of training, I, I think I think that it will break you and okay. be detrimental to your success. So I kind of put a case forward on that that should break it down into weeks mm-hmm. and then if at times when you're really really fatigued uh, just focus on on one day and shut out the rest and when you focus on one day in training uh, and the hardest point it's only pro- sometimes an hour of PT or two hours of PT mm-hmm. and when you look at it like that it's not that difficult mm-hmm. it's hard but if you if you really deconstruct training it's a very manageable and, 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 and achievable undertaking it's when you look at the I've got 30 weeks of this. When, yeah, I've yeah. got 32 weeks of this. I can't do it. Yeah. But when you just look at it for what you can control as a human being, which is just the day that's in front of you, uh, you can look at it differently. And then we look at failure, reconceptualizing failure, uh, mental resilience, mm-hmm. uh, redefining expectation acceptance, uh, living without comfort and convenience, case study in Hunter's Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's some good topics in there, mate, that I've kind of picked out and, and, and wrote up, and just they've been really, really beneficial to, 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 to the people that we've that we've been working with, and obviously we've got some of them that have gone off now and, 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 and are in the core, awesome. and it was really weird. That's the litmus test, right there. Hundred percent, and, and 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 it was it was uh, it was really when we course one was like. People, I think they were chomping at the bit to get onto it, mm. and we had, as a result, we had like, I think we had eight lads that were all uber keen, uh, and they were amazing to work with. Just like they, they, they didn't need a great deal of coaching; they were mm. fantastic. Uh, and two of two, two uh, one or two of them are in training now, or, or getting ready to go in. One's going in as an officer as a while, and uh, we were saying like, somebody in course one is going to get the green beret. It just, it's just how it is. Uh, and that's going to be the first person from our course that will get a green lid. And, it, and it's just like the race is on now. That we've, we've set like a bit of a, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm. We've got like a little community. And it's, it, that's what we didn't anticipate, that on the course people have got this community because they go through six weeks together. And they're held to account every day because everybody else is posting their scores and we're tracking them and data analysing it and they've all got heart rate monitors on and... It's a really, really fantastic setup that we've got and that, we, that we're working on as well. And we've just brought on uh, a girl called Ollie Roberts, who's a, a physiotherapist contractor at, at CTC or was, uh, and she's just brought a, like a, an injury prevention uh, rehabilitation element to, to what we're doing. So we're ticking all bases, mate, and we, we, we've got some really exciting things planned for the future for it. And uh, there's a get. I want to say there's a gap that there's, there's a significant uh, disparity is probably the wrong word, but between where people are in Civvy Street to them, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing in between, uh, and that's kind of what the book highlighted for me that there's an opportunity here to to, to bring uh, a training element into it uh, and train people that are ready to go in and support. And to give them the best possible chance of and the best possible chance of, of success. Yeah, because yeah. ultimately you don't want to fail at that. You know. No, absolutely not. No, because failure at a young age like that can be quite detrimental mm. to somebody. So that's why I talk about failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be scared the, of it, man. Yeah, yeah, don't be scared of it. And I just say, look, you've got to welcome failure and embrace it because when you do, it provides a tangible. Uh, physical representation that you're actually outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And being outside your comfort zone 
means that you're on the, on the path to achieving something good and better in yourself. And that's why you should really welcome it when it comes and look at the hidden assets that it, that it, that it holds. Mm-hmm. Because when you reflect on failure and you, and you look back and you, and, you, and you see where you've come short, you get a glimmer behind the wall. You, you, get, you, get, you get a look behind the wall of, of the next step. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, you, if you apply them lessons uh, and, and, you, and, you, and you move forward and you get better and you, and you, and you, and you overcome the obstacle, then failure has to be reconceptualized as perseverance. And that's the way we look at it. And that's what I do with them. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I would like to hear all this stuff you say to him, to be honest. It's yeah. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously you touched on it before, like going through training, yeah, it's really physically demanding. It's, mental. But, it's all mental. Yeah, like, it's all mental. You, you, you nailed it there. You, you know, you could get the most six foot five, four foot wide guys and you'd be like, they'll pass out, they'll pass out. That's what, that's what a Marine looks like. And then a lot of the time it's like, who's the skinny dude over in the corner? And it's, who's that little guy over there? And it's, and, and it's all up here. Yeah, and, and why, why that kind of, why I've become like informed to write the, the, the masculinity section right at the very start of the book in, in, ter- in terms of the, the, the lesson on it. Because like you said, I mean, the, the, the line is all up at the start uh, in foundation and said, right, give a KFS. So somebody you think is going to fail. So we, so we were. I love it. Yeah. So we went round. What a way to head fuck someone straight away? Ah, <laughs> you're going to fail. Yeah. What 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 a way to, to make friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, Tom Curry, he, he sadly got killed in Afghan. He, he won he won my best mate in training. He had all the KFS. Well, a lot of them uh, because he was a big guy, fat, and and, and, and and didn't look like a marine at all. Whereas all the people that that did obviously got less KFS uh, and all the people that were like extrovert and uh, had all this like external like bravado bravado and like, like Fuck, let's get this sword I'm gonna fucking bang you out and all this and they all left mate they all made bulls- bullshit excuses at the start of training and they all left uh, some of them were even crying for the mums on the beds uh, and I was like what is going on here and then at the end of training Tom Curry, that all the KFS got the commando medal. Brilliant. And that's Jen. Yeah. Uh, ended up being like the strong, the most, the strongest bloke physically and mentally uh, that, that you could. Just a typical, typical bootneck mm-hmm. in terms of the qualities. Mm-hmm. I.e. The, the commando medal, uh, and then the rest were again just just a bunch of misfits. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. a bunch of lads that are just like. You'd never put them together in a million years, or even think they were all Marines. Some of them, uh, and I just found it fascinating. I found it absolutely fascinating, and, and I just observed it with like with fascination, and just and just thought I need to I need to do some studies on on all stuff like this. It's great. Yeah. I love it, mate. I love that. I love that shit. I really do. Um, so obviously things are going well. What's what's next for you then? What's next for the whole the like everything going on in your life right now? Sure, mate. So I. Uh, Obviously, we've got Fortitude Elite, which which we're growing and, and looking at ways that we can venture out. Some of us plans for it uh, are kind of uh, uh, held back at the minute with with naughty COVID. COVID. With no, not not COVID yet, uh, but with some great stuff coming online where we can do some like outdoor physical stuff with that that, that we've got planned. Uh, the book's kind of the main thing now, mm. so uh, signing a pub- the signing the publishing deal this month. Which would be amazing. Crazy, time, crazy, crazy time. We had like three, two, two, two really key publishers that were involved that, that wanted it. Mm. Went into like a went to like a bit of a, a bid for that, which were boot ended up being on the other foot for me, which which were nice. Yeah. Bidding for it, yeah. yeah so it, 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 that were really, really amazing. There were a couple of others that were just deviating away that, that, that wanted it, but wanted to take it down that uh, Channel Four SAS route, uh, and I didn't want to do that. Mm because it would have took away the, the uniqueness of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking, looking forward, I'm, uh, I've got to work with the publisher now until Christmas, just getting it ready. Uh, and then it'll go on pre-order sometime around Christmas and come out in spring next year. Wow. So, that's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, so that's, the, that's where I'm at, mate, really. Uh, and just obviously developing, becoming the 0.1% 
product, t-shirts, bringing on some... I just want to do everything quality, mm. not rush anything, and just make sure that when it goes out there, it's quality. And that's just like, just got packaging coming on, it's in terms of me packaging that will come on this month, uh, the quality of the t-shirts, that what we deliver, just I want everything to be like, just a quality product in keeping with with the Royal Marines and, and the brand that I want, mm -hmm. want to create. I don't want to make a quick book. Uh, I want I want I want to really establish a really solid brand, awesome. uh, and, and 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 obviously for the book as well. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, that's it, mate. That's that's kind of where we are. Mate, I, you know what? I, I will wrap this up now. But I genuinely love the randomness of the book. Like, and it's, I always totally random. Like your mum in that moment of time was like, yeah. hang on, got you that, and just kind of flung it at you, it was yeah. like, just write some shit down, yeah. it'll make you feel better. And, and, yeah. and then the, the onus is on you to be like, you could have quite easily done what, well, what probably most other boot would have done, but like, put it in your, in your day sack and went, I'll use that for notes in, in a lesson or something. Yeah. But you actually yeah, no, started writing it. Yeah, wrote it all up and like, and it is mad because given that story back then, 15 years ago, it's now going to be on shelves in W H like mm. W H Smiths. It's going to be in Waterstones. It's going to be in every airport, uh, supermarkets. Mm. It's mental yeah. that, that like that that one thing that were completely random and not planned has now been absolutely brought to life. And and, it, and publishers actually wanted it. Publishers wanted my work. And I'm not from a journalistic background or a writing background. I'm not from any of that. And that's kind of sometimes what you need to be a first time author mm -hmm. uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not any of that and, uh, and it's just mental. Yeah. Is there, um, I know we're looking way into the future here, have you got any inklings or any ideas of what, like a second book? Yeah, so I think you'd be like, oh this would be really awesome. Yeah, so I, I, one thing that I do know is, is that I've loved this process. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of adversity, there's been a lot of uncertain times, a lot of times I've just thought, Am I nuts here? Mm. And just have I wrote something that, like, do people think I'm like an idiot? Uh, but I've loved it, and now I've got the validation of the of the big publisher uh, that this is where I kind of want to stay in writing. So I will write another book. Wow, that's awesome! And I don't know whether I'll write about my life after. Although I want I want SF or anything, mate, mm -hmm. and, and, and and all that kind of ground's been been walked. Uh, whether I'd, I'd like to write something on, on potentially on psychology, like I've thought of a title already of, of ten things that we don't get taught about ourselves in school. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, mate, and I'm just once this is done, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back. I need to recoup, mate, mentally because mm. it took a lot from me, yeah, especially with the studies as well. Uh, and I think once I'm got a bit more headspace and I can kind of assess things, I can probably get a bit more creative and just see where I could go. But I would love to write again. I think I think the ten things what you get don't get taught at school type thing would be awesome because I think most people have heard of Jordan uh, Peterson and that and and I think the message he's got is brilliant but a lot of that and I, I don't class myself as being mega switched on but I don't class myself as being stupid but when I read books like that it kind of goes over me I'm like ah oh, I'm got, I'm lost already because mm. if you could break that down into layman's terms yeah for aka a bootneck to read and understand yeah. I think mate, I, don't, I don't know if that's the way you're going but that, to me it would be yeah, like, if you could yeah. break it down and you'd be like this this and this I think that's, that'd be awesome that's the thing mate and, and like I'm I don't profess to be like an uber psychologist mm. or I'm not even a uh, I'm not even a qualified psychologist mm. uh, and what, I, what, what I've wanted to do is I've wanted to just in terms of the psychological lessons just make them so that they're, they're for the layman do you know what I mean? The mm. for the for the for the person that, because I've read psychology books before, think think uh, th thinking fast and slow, and and I can understand it because I've done psychology, mm -hmm. but it's it's deep mm. and it's hard it's hard trolling, uh, and I want to keep it so it's it's insightful. You can pull stuff from it. It's got a psychological basis, mm -hmm. but you don't get overwhelmed by it. And you can read it, and you can the, the lessons will resonate with you, and you can apply the lessons. Absorb it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to strike a good balance between academic mm. and I suppose lay psychology, really. What 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 we already kind of know about psychology, mm -hmm. just from not studying it. 
because that's what we know about ourselves. If you know what I mean. No, yeah, massive. And that's what yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to like land in the grey area kind of thing with it, so that it, it applies to all we are. Love it, dude. Yeah. Love it. Genuinely can't wait for this book to come out. Yeah. Because I said to you, you know, we were chatting before, and he was like, for all bootnecks and former bootnecks, it's going to be a trip down memory lane. Sure. For anyone wanting to join the core, it's going to be like, okay, so this is going to, yeah, so he went through this. It's not, it's, it's not unusual to be thinking this way or to feeling this way. Sure. And for anyone who's interested in the military, we'll be like, wow, didn't know they did that. I didn't Absolutely. know they did things this way. I, I think it's, yeah, it's a winner yeah. on so many levels, man. Yeah, and then obviously it's got the personal development aspect of it. Yeah. Anybody who just wants to d- develop the mindset or that's I- interested in the military. So it's covered a lot of angles, mate. Mm. It really has. And, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm just, uh, it's going to be fantastic work, working with the publisher now for the next six months. Mm. And then that'll be, it'll be a done product. It'll just be ready to, uh, to kind of build up hype and, yeah. and, and get it sold. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we'll wrap there. Just shy of an hour. That's not bad going. Uh, dude, thanks for, thanks for meeting up and, and chatting and telling us in your story, it's man. It's an absolute pleasure, mate. You know? Uh, thanks for coming, mate. No problem. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll catch you next week. Later. And there you have it. What an absolute legend of a dude. Massive thanks to uh, to Gaz for, for spending time with me and sitting down and, and, and chatting and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I genuinely can't wait for this book to come out. Anyway, until next week, have a good week, people.